0: welcome to spoilers intended a podcast about series novels and films for this episode we're on a fairy tale ride where a character has even mostly died and there's an excellent display of sicilian pride that's right we're talking the princess bride Hey everybody! Welcome to the show. I'm Stephen Ford, joined as always by Andrew Knuckles. Hello there, and Joel Killingsworth. Hello. I had to cut Joel off there so I could try and make Andrew choke on his drink.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to take a sip of water, and then you're like, "We're starting right now." Go like, for it. Well, <gasps> oh, I guess I have to stop. Yes. Drinking.
0: Yes. <laughs> and start breathing. Yes. yes. Adapt. <laughs> improvise. Overcome. I did that. So, as we've already alluded to, we are talking The Princess Bride today, a... A
1: a, a true tale classic that is in very high regard by many, 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 many people. It's kind of a... It
0: was sort of almost a cult classic that became a nostalgia classic. It is a cult classic. Yeah, I think it it fits the definition.
1: It did not do well at the box office. Um, Whenever it came out, they did not really understand how to market it. No. And it just didn't do anything at the box office um yes. they still they still considered it 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 didn't bomb right it just it just did it just yeah it just yeah. kind of existed i think it broke even it whelmed. yeah um but in in the <laughs> um in the latter years it has um become a beloved fairy tale classic
0: yes the the direct the home video sales and then that and that's future that is times how old, the dvd sales yeah i mean you know that's how it works yeah that is that is in fact how it works but Before we jump on down, just talking about all Princess Bride all the time. Into
1: the pit of desolation? Pit of despair. Just pit of despair, yeah. And start it with a D. Yeah. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to (laughs) talk. Joel's face. We're
0: going to talk about some other fairy tales first. So these are fairy tales in film. We've all chosen films. And maybe some others that have. Come oh. Before before after princess
1: Bride? actually yeah i guess i guess we can we can all do films what
2: oh were you were, not were, doing were a you going to not I thought do a you film
1: well no i i i had a film picked out
2: but i could pick a i mean you could just suddenly change your mind as well i could suddenly change my mind and you know what i think that's what You're i'm going to do oh
0: he's going to make a liar oh out boy. of me is
2: what he really these are all films except for the ones that are not actually, well we have
1: aren't. we i mean we have to have more representation than just movies
2: i mean that's fair that's fine yeah if you want It's cool Yeah (laughs) Do
0: whatever you want Around here apparently
1: Uh, I will need to go last though Because I need to look up Some stuff (laughs) We're we're gonna let Andrew go last Do you know roughly When it was released The The TV show Whatever you're talking Whatever it is Yes I do When 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 was that Give me an era Soon Recently Soon (laughs) Soon (laughs) (laughs) Soon (laughs) Soon, <laughs> soon. It hasn't come out yet. When will it but Wimble didn't be now? <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, we're
0: gonna back things up into the Wayback Machine. We're gonna start with me then. Okay. In an attempt to put this in some kind of chronological mine order, mine is
1: definitely the most recent. All
0: right, there we go. So that's what I was trying to get out of you. Soon. It's so not I got soon. So it hasn't, <laughs> it's definitely the most recent. It hasn't happened yet. Soon, tm.
1: <laughs>
0: so we're gonna kick this off with a little uh, another chunk of 1980s whimsy, and talking about legend. So now this is a 1985 release, and it is starring Tom Cruise. This is oh, okay. one of his first roles, like his third role, mm-hmm. I think.
1: So he, okay. So that means he's like in his early twenties. Yeah. I mean, he's like 22 or something. Like that. He's, yeah. He's really young in this. I've uh, never seen this film. Right. Also apparently very sad. It's, it's not, I'm it's, not
0: here to tell you it's a good film. <laughs> I'm just telling you it is a film that exists. Tom Cruise is your lead, if that does anything for you. Tim I mean, Curry is your villain, if I mean, that does you, anything you've for you. have already sold me on Tom Cruise, Tim Curry. I right, Well, hold on. I got another one for T-C-T-C. you. I got another <laughs> one for you. Directed by Ridley Scott. Oh, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, right? Like So this, if this informs you of what this kind of is going to feel like. So basically, we have the forest boy, Tom Cruise. <laughs> F B with the T-C. He's literally... <laughs> A forest boy. I think he is technically an elf. I think.
2: Like he doesn't, he doesn't live anywhere. He's just, he's one just day he force. was walking through the in forest. forest, yes. yes. Forest this is, this is Red Riding Hood with less supporting yes. cast. And he has, <laughs> has
0: heavy duty uh, amounts of whimsy where you have, you know, lots of fairies, these kinds of things that he interacts with, right? So he's very in tune with the, the magical side of things, uh, including unicorns who are central to the plot. And he uh, encounters a princess who is uh, a name I have forgotten because she, she only did things up to a point and then kind of just disappeared. Uh, Mia Sarah. <laughs> right. So I, with a C or an S? S. So M-C. M-S. <laughs> M-S. <laughs> just, you, you got it from me, then you just completely messed it up. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so she is enamored with the unicorns because they're so beautiful, right? Okay, yeah. Well, off to the side is Darkness. Literally, that's Tim Curry's. He's, he's not. He's not. He's the devil, but he's just darkness, Lord Darkness or okay. whatever. He is plotting to take over the universe, the whole the world, and the universe through the power that is within the unicorns. But because they are so pure and so uncorruptible, he can't do anything, influence them at D- all. directly, right? Until Fairy uh, Forest Boy himself, Tom Cruise, <laughs> lets his princess, uh, would be lover, touch one of them, and it is rendered impure by the human touch and now suddenly it opens this ability gate or the or the ability for evil to influence the unicorns and hijinks ensue from there so it kind of becomes a it's a fairly classic fairy tale you know the princess gets kidnapped Mm -hmm. these kinds of things happen uh but it goes from there and it's i mean it's i'm not here to tell you that is a i mean it's got like a 6.3 on imdb it is not a stellar example of cinematography or the film craft. And it's definitely limited by when it was made. Yeah. Uh, and the writing is questionable at times. But, I mean, it's, Tim Curry is just full-on villain, which is always spectacular. Uh, you know, Tom Cruise is, is not quite, you know, his Tom cruise yet, but he's getting there and you can, you can
1: tell. I, th- I think the, I think the first real Tom Cruise performance was Risky Business. Uh, risky business might actually have been before this. I, I'm pretty sure that that was his.
0: That was his first. Was his first. Yeah. is it first or second? Per, yeah, one one or we two. Should, we should know these things, but we don't. I, we
1: don't just we don't
2: just, look them up. Yeah, we well, just wing it. Yeah, because that's. I mean, you can look it up. I am trying to. Right? We we, we <laughs> have
1: <laughs> we have the the world's information in our hands, and we choose and we to not. Choose, not it. <laughs> we actively <laughs> choose not to use. This it. is why Americans are ignorant.
2: Okay, so Joel,
1: yes. what is yes. your choice?
2: So we're moving up in the timeline. We're not quite too soon yet, but we're going to go to not that long ago. Relatively speaking, some of our, to some of our younger listeners, 2007 might be that long ago. God, that was so long ago. So long ago. That feels a, like it 15 COVID. years Oh, don't ago. say that. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but that's how long ago it was. <laughs> moving past that point, we're talking about Stardust. Ooh, yeah. So, with Stardust, we have uh, our protagonist, Tristan, who is not a forest boy. He is a village boy. And VB. VB. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he lives uh, in this village next to a wall. And at a certain time and at a certain place, you can walk through a break in the wall and you kind of enter this fairy world. And he is trying to get with with uh, with this girl and she's like, I'll marry you if you go bring me that falling star as they just witnessed a, a shooting star in the sky. And so she's really just kind of putting him off. But he yeah, this, takes this her at This girl is
0: super out of his lead. Yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: But he takes her at her word and he's like, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do it. And so he ventures into the fairy world and he ends up finding the fallen star who is a, Woman, because in the fairy world stars are people mm-hmm. and he, specifically women apparently, and he well this one at any rate and he uh, gets embroiled in a giant kerfuffle because stars have through through one means or another they have really either rare like their body parts are really valuable to to the dark arts yeah and and things like that and so. He ends up kind of caught between this power struggle between these princes who seek the star for their own uh, political gain, trying to ascend to the throne, and this coven of witches who seek the star in order to consume her heart and regain their youth. Kind of your typical witch refrain there. And so from there, hilarious and fantastical hijinks ensue.
1: And that's that's the one that has Robert De Niro as a
2: gay pirate? Correct. Sky pirate? Yeah, gay yeah. sky pirate, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that that is that that whole like the entire pirate section is absolutely it, hilarious. It also yeah. has
0: Henry Cavill. Oh, you're right.
1: Yes. It does, doesn't yeah. it?
0: As a minor role. He he is uh the uh, the girl that Tristan is beside
1: with at the start he is her fiance oh well and he's so he's so young at that point yeah, yeah. too yeah. because um, that was cause he's a writer he's maybe like I think two years older than I am I don't know uh, I have no I, idea how oh, he's, Old he's <laughs>
2: But it's also also worth noting that the lead is played by Charlie Cox, who is more recently known for Daredevil.
0: Yeah, Daredevil fan. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, oh, Oh. I know this person. Oh, I know this person. Uh, So Claire Danes is the star. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, and in an absolutely phenomenal performance, Uh, Father Weasley from the Harry Potter series Mm -hmm. is a goat turned human. yes. Yes, and it's yes. <laughs> absolutely incredible.
2: Uh, the The voice of the narrator is Ian McKellen. Yes. So, like, there's there's just there's talent. The Star-studded cast.
0: Michelle Pfeiffer is the witch, the lead witch. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, there there are a ton of names and faces you would recognize in this movie.
1: Yeah. I've I've only seen it once, but I I remember enjoying it when I did watch it. Yeah. What's well, it's just funny because there's.
0: So many stars. It kind of flew under the radar, you know, when it came out, which is surprising, just given you know the the number of star or the amount of star power that's in it.
1: Yeah, which is funny because you know it it, it matches Stardust the right. name.
0: It, yeah, it's almost like they were trying to. No, that's not what they're they're trying
1: They were just trying to get as, <laughs> as many big names as they could. Yes, uh, but I so I guess whenever it came out, I didn't. I never even heard of it until basically you kind of like pitched it to me a couple of years ago.
0: Well, I mean, I even I saw it in theaters, but it was the dollar theater. Okay. So it was one of those things where like, yeah, it had come out, but I didn't you know, run out to go see it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I feel like it wasn't marketed very well.
2: Well, it was based on a Neil Gaiman
0: yes. book. Which is also, I think the book and the movie are pretty different.
2: They are. The, the, the ending, I don't know so much. I didn't actually read the book, I but I kind of got a either. synopsis of it. And the, the through lines are yeah, similar enough. They're kind of, kind of moderately generic fantasy through lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ending, in particular, is sort of a bittersweet fairy tale ending in it's, the book. It's whereas, very Neil Gaiman esque, right? Right. Yeah. Whereas the the movie, everything gets tied up with a nice, pretty bow. Yeah, but yeah. it's very, very heavy on the whimsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, mine. We are now
1: moving forward, and my my initial. Um, call was going to be Onward, which is a, a good modern fairy tale that Pixar did, and, and it
0: would be more modern than and, than Andrew Waff well, than Joel's pick, but not Correct. quite,
2: not quite soon, not quite soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is actually okay. So this came out in 2018. Okay. Okay. It is, uh, Hilda. It is, um, basically an animated TV series mm-hmm. that, um, is based on the graphic novel series of the same name by Luke Pearson. And uh, the graphic novels had a really cool art style and stuff, but. Uh, So this is basically the adventures of Fearless Hilda, an 11-year-old blue-haired girl, along with her her deer fox, Twig, moves to the city of Trollberg, where she befriends even the most dangerous monsters. And essentially, what uh, this kind of pulls a lot of uh, Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. And it's basically just kind of, you know, an episodic show of her... Uh, kind of going through and um, experiencing different, um, uh, you know, just different little like, whimsical creatures, I guess you could say in the um, some of them are, are are very large trolls. Some of them are like, you know, big cloud monsters that that affect the weather that she has to um, most of the time uh, bargain with in um, kind of ridiculous ways to make sure that they don't, you know, mm-hmm. harm the city mm-hmm. or harm her friends you know, whatever. And, um, then there's also, um, uh, these little small, uh, elves that are basically just, um, they're like house elves kind of, if that, like, kind of like the borrowers, if that okay. makes any sense. All right. And they're really small. they' are very different from house elves, but yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, well, with, you. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> and they, they, the, the quirk of these little house elf kind of guys is they are, uh, they love bureaucracy. <laughs> so like <laughs> so essentially like she has to sign contracts and figure out ways around the bureaucracy to re- get them re- to like move out of her home. Mm-hmm. Requisition the right it, form. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And um right, and, and, and it's just like small little uh, quirks like that, which it it takes a a general fairy tale premise mm-hmm. and it kind of modernizes it a little bit to be kind of like the the quirky and funny. Um, and sometimes deadpan comedy mm-hmm. uh, to be, but the the show itself is really is really cute. Uh, it's on season three now, and they actually have a movie that came mm-hmm. out for it, and um, uh, totally worth worth the watch. If you one, if you have kids, or if you just like these kind of shows, uh, it's very chill. There's no drama mm-hmm. or anything. You know, all of the. Uh, the stories and plots that happen in each episode are, are always um, uh, resolved. Resolved, mm-hmm. and if there is any unresolved things, it's probably going to be resolved in the next episode.
2: Yeah, and looking yeah. at the art style because I'm, I'm looking at pictures of this on IMDb, mm-hmm. and the art style is very—it's uh, adorable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's super cute, and the the it it actually
1: works really well with the. Um, you know, it takes place in in a very fanciful world mm-hmm. uh, where, like, there's these little like cloud dogs that just kind of mm-hmm. um, just like float around. and They just have little tails, <laughs> and um, they're basically like cows or sheep, I okay, guess. Yeah. And like you can just kind, kind of, of ubiquitous. Yeah, you can just kind of herd them around or whatever. <laughs> and you can like bounce off of them and stuff. It, it's a super cute show. I yeah. totally recommend it. Yeah.
0: I when you said the name, I could place the art style. Mm mm-hmm. But I couldn't place anything beyond that. Like looking at, yeah, okay, this is definitely who I thought it was going to be yeah. when you said it, uh, because I, I've seen it maybe like kind of memes or you know Tumblr-esque mm-hmm. posts, but I haven't actually watched the
1: show. Yeah, so. totally recommend it. Absolutely, yeah. it's it's. We've only watched season one and two, but um, we're gonna at some point sit down and and continue watching it. Yeah, that's what most of the sh-
0: the show is about. Is us just pitching things to each other. Yeah, basically. I mean, sometimes it's just like, yeah, we've we've all seen this, but other times we're throwing out stuff that
1: people yeah. haven't seen. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, because whenever we were I was like, wait a second, we we always just do movies. We need to do other things that aren't movies. And I haven't read enough fairy tale books. Mm-hmm. It's just not really my my thing. So I was right. like, I had to pick something else that was not a movie. Well, there you go. Yep. And you there, did. There, success. There it is. Yep. Well, Andrew successfully <laughs> chose not a movie. And the
2: thing is, he was right. It is soon because it's still in production. Like, yes, there's, more there's stuff. a season coming up. Yes. So, like it worked. <laughs> soon. He got away with it. <laughs> that I
1: do know what I'm doing sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs>
0: well, now that Andrew has diverted us away from movies and into TV shows, it's time to turn right back to movies <laughs> because that's right. We're talking about The Princess Bride. And Joel? Yes. You're on deck. Yes. For a synopsis.
2: All right. So synopsisizing. A a very old movie at this point. The Princess Bride. Yeah. This came out in 1987. Yeah. Something like that. And we follow at at the very beginning, we have a a narration of uh, a farm boy and a farm girl falling in love. And then he doesn't have any wealth to speak of to, to, for them to set out on their own mm-hmm. to 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 start a family and have a place for them, so he goes to sea and to make his fortune, kind of thing, and he just bleh, immediately dies. So Buttercup, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the girl Buttercup, uh, is completely grief stricken, but she's kind of the quintessential fairest lady of the land, and so the local prince uh takes an interest in her and her true love being dead she says well why not and um ends <laughs> up betrothed to the prince uh only to the week before their they are set to be married mm-hmm. she is kidnapped by mercenaries and they set off across the ocean to an uncertain future uh, when it becomes clear that they intend to do harm to her and that there's she doesn't really have a good way out of this, um, hope appears in the form of a masked man following them mysteriously. And um, many uh, battles and hilarious hijinks ensue.
1: Mm-hmm. And this is all um, within the the realm of being a storybook told to a sick kid in yeah. in yeah, normal right. normal yeah. time by, by the, his grandfather.
2: But it is yes. it is an adaptation of a novel which is so exist. meta. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is. And then you
0: have the little, you know, the the kid Fred Savage with his little interjections. Wait, but grandpa, that's not really what happened. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so on to some scores.
2: Right. So We have two separate scores that we use, the first for our technical review across our four pillars of review, that being spectacle, performance, score, that is the music, and plot. And uh, we average those out across the four of those and across the three of us. And then we have, separate from that, an entertainment value score. Uh, and we keep these separate in order to represent those times where you have perhaps a work that's not technically that great, but you just love it anyway. And so mm-hmm. those are going to be different. And the reverse can be true where it can be technically sound, but just was a complete miss for you. Or just a bore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in this case, we have a technical score of seven out of 10. Um, okay. So decent. Respectable. That's, that's respectable.
1: Yeah. The the film had a, a very, very low budget. Yes. yes. Uh, and. Uh, a, a, crim- a criminally low budget for, for the the amount of um, effort that the characters put right. into it or the, and, the actors put into yeah. it. Yeah, and then,
2: um, however, you can tell that the cast just absolutely gave their all in this and it comes through very cleanly on screen. And um, as a result of that, we gave an entertainment value of nine out of 10.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's pretty respectable because this is ultimately oftentimes viewed as like, the quintessential classic it's going to be quoted to you by people uh if you haven't watched it by the time you hit college
1: people are going to be pushing you to watch it oh my 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 sheet just updated oh there we go and you thought the score was different (laughs) i thought the score was different i was like that's wrong
2: um (laughs) nope that is correct okay (laughs) it's good we can move on (laughs) the miracles of technology yeah so talking about the low budget right that is kind of front and center uh, what you're going to notice going into this film is that a lot of the effects are just kind of lame-looking. Um, the the actors are doing a really fine job and they're doing their best, and the writing is is fun and quippy uh, most of the time. But the sets all just I mean, like the rocks look like paper mache, which they, they probably they are, are paper mache. <laughs> and, and the the like like we mentioned that there was a whole. A whole sequence on the water, like 100% recognizable soundstage water. Like yep. this is not, they didn't even try to make this look like an ocean at all. It's well, <laughs> so my, one of my favorite, um, marks special
1: effects part of the whole film is whenever they're in the, um, the, the fire swamp. Mm-hmm. And he gets attacked by the large possum, which is literally just a guy on all fours just in, in, in a, a rat possum suit, suit. yeah, and, yeah. Rat, rat. And, and a whatever their rodent. yeah, whenever they're they're fighting, like you could literally just see the guy's hands, like, yep. <laughs> it, it is <laughs> I laugh every single time. um and and the thing with this film is it's not a oh, this is so bad. it's good. It's still a good film. Mm-hmm. and it's it's very entertaining, um for the most part. But, yeah, it. it it suffers very heavily from the lack of um, budget, but a lot of the music is what really kills most of it.
2: Oh, that's interesting. I there's definitely a, a very dated '80s synth sort of feel to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it 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 strikes me as one. It's very recognizable, right? Yes. Like it's it's you're not going when you hear it somewhere else. If you've watched the movie a couple of times, like you're gonna know where that that music is from so that's that's a check mark and then like it it in terms of carrying the emotion of the film like it more or less did its job so so like Uh, there there are definitely a lot of times where uh it feels like
1: it's more of a vacuum where there's just like no there's nothing to like back up whatever's happening on Mm -hmm. the screen to Mm -hmm. where it's just like Anything would be better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Interesting. I I was actually surprised by the music because it's not something that you focus on when you watch it casually because it's all about the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Which is, if there was any budget, it was in the the writing room, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, it helps that they're working off of an existing novel. Although I I'm fairly certain again, it's a bit different from yeah, uh, the the actual storybook itself. I uh, I think the big thing here is while the budget isn't very high. And maybe, you know, what they could do for certain things wasn't all that great. There's a lot of heart and a lot of charm in it. Yeah. Where you can really tell that everyone was kind of selling
1: out to mm-hmm. make it work. Well, I actually, no, I think I figured out where all the budget went. It went into um, decking out Fred Savage's room. Oh, his room is is he like was, a kid's room. He's the quintessential <laughs> spoiled kid. Yeah.
0: I, I actually was going to go a different way and say that it, it went into budgeting for Andre the Giant's beer consumption.
1: I mean probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was it's a really fun film and it's definitely uh if you've never seen it before and you and you like, you know, just uh kind of, you know, just quirky, you know, fairy tale esque films, especially if you like Disney films, that kind of stuff, like this is exactly, you know, kind of your your bag. Yeah,
0: this is this is like a, a quintessential fairy tale set in a framing story mm-hmm. where you get kind of the 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 grandfather, kid, and, you know, the, the kind of the, the sweet interactions of the kid coming around to appreciating, you know, the old codger kind of thing. Yeah. So.
2: And, and I think ultimately the, the thing that leaves its impression on you from this film is the clever dialogue. Yes, um, absolutely. Because there's, there is a lot of just really quick comebacks and one-liners and plays on words that make this a eminently quotable film.
0: Very, mm-hmm. very, very quotable film.
2: As you know, the concept of media review is centuries old. Really, that's all this is. Except that instead of providing a spoiler-free review, we're sucking life. We've just sucked 30 minutes of your life away. We might add on another hour if you stay with us through the intermission, but I really don't know what spoilers would you do to you. So let's just say that before you go, check out the rest of our content at spoilersintendedpodcast.com. And if you do stick around, do tell us. What did these spoilers do to you? And remember, this is for posterity, so be honest.
0: Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed a quick little intermission because we are straight into the pit of spoilers. If you didn't get the message, it is all spoilers all the time from here on out. So we're going to kick this off with a quick look at our four scores to go in round table format. Each of us discussing what we gave and we're kicking it off with spectacle and I'm kicking it over to Andrew.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: wow. Because,
0: well, because you, when, when we were watching these, this movie independently, you said, I don't know how to review this, and I was really curious as to where the hangups were, and I bet one of them was right here.
1: Um, okay, so I'm going to... G- give us a score. Yeah. All right, so I gave it a six. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to couch this in the, in the realm of, we're going to sandwich compliments here. Okay. So the, the, the first and foremost thing is the sword play... In this film is actually fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very well choreographed and it's, it's relatively exciting for the, uh, the mostly low, low stakes, mm-hmm. I guess, or low energy. I don't know how to describe, like, well, that's the thing. I don't know how to review this film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they're not fast paced action sequences where there's like big battles and yeah. lots of people are being it, killed it is, per se.
1: Well, and and there are actually stakes there because, like, hypothetically, both people are trying to kill each other. It's just they're both very gentlemanly about well, it, at least it's, at the beginning. It,
2: it's, it's sword play as a chess match. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, the the actual choreography for the initial fight between Inigo and Wesley is really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, besides some, some poorly done acrobatics, which I don't think they had any stuntmen to yeah, do anything. I, I don't yeah. think they
0: could afford stunt
1: people yeah. for this
0: because I'm pretty sure every fight is just done by the actors.
1: Yeah. So you, you know, you have some limitations there. Totally fine. Uh the one thing that that really took me out a lot of the film which which is really mostly towards the end of the film um is just a lot of the just a, there's no interesting um camera angles there's no mm-hmm. there's there's really mm-hmm. like just no no actual cinematography at all it's just like they you know and this is probably budgetary concerns but they basically just took a camera they put it on a tripod or held handheld it and said here you go here's your shot and scene yeah, yeah. yeah. uh which and, and it was very much done like a like essentially a stage play yes uh, yes uh and that and that's you know i didn't try and beat it up too much for for that kind of um experience i guess mm-hmm. for a viewing experience and um i really did like um at the end of the film the um or like the big like the the pit of despair contraption or mm-hmm. whatever that they mm-hmm. had like with yeah. all the um all the water the, the water and, wheel yeah, yeah and then the little like suction cups that goes on his, yeah. on his ears uh you know it's it's one of the things where you know anytime he moves you can literally see them just like like fall off of his head right, a little yeah. bit and that kind of adds to some of the charm Yes. It, does. I, I it does, absolutely. Because you're like, they, they literally had no money and they still made whatever this is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, Joel? Well, I, similarly, I gave Spectacle a seven. That's um, not
0: similar. That's higher.
2: It, it's pretty close. It is one point difference, sir. That is, is similar. 10%. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, uh, I and for most of the same reasons, I, I, the the budgetary restrictions on the effects really... Hurt this from a, wow, that was a, an exciting ride perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And while you have the highlights such as the sword fight at the top of the cliffs and the, the really quippy dialogue all the way through, uh, where you have really, really clever one-liners and back and forths and a lot of fantastic characterization, uh, going on and presented in an exciting way um it just it just ultimately is a cheaply made film at a time where fantasy in film was not really a mature genre
1: right yeah it was it was definitely treated more like a kids yeah Mm-hmm. um kind of genre than it was than it is now where you have like The Witcher and Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and Lord of the Rings and all these other kind of like big epic what, no, fantasies. No Wheel
0: of Time mentioned? Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, what did you give it? I give it a 6. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: I, and it's you know it's a lot of the same issues. So interestingly enough i think that the move to high definition televisions do horrible things to this movie mm. it,
1: well and the reason one of the reasons why and this is just more of a technical thing is because a lot of these films and everything were meant for interlacing mm-hmm. and whenever you remove the interlacing of a crt tv or projection can, can you TV, can you
2: define that term
1: uh, interlacing? uh okay, okay um I was not expecting to do that, so I'll come back to me. And I'll, I'll technical I'll, term, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, continue, and I'll I'll, I'll get the definition. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the speed at which it reads. No, that is wrong. It's the, never mind. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't know what it is,
0: but he knows I'm wrong. That's okay. what's important. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, like high definition, you know, 1080p and above does horrible things to this film. Yeah, uh, it's very much for the soap opera effect, where you can really feel that every rock er, er, is paper mache er, er,
2: Everything is just moving a little too... It's too crisp. Yeah. You
0: needed to blur some of these edges so that I could tell that this rock wasn't made last night by a (laughs) six-year-old because they were in a panic and they needed more rocks, (laughs) you know?
1: Uh, Okay, so interlacing is basically scanned in such a way that alternate lines form one sequence which is followed by the other lines. So basically, uh, just imagine you have um, one grid of, I'll say, 50 lines and another grid of 50 lines. And every other line is the same image, and then basically they just alternate back and forth.
2: Okay, so, so they're so, so. okay, I, and, I think and, I follow. <laughs> and and
1: the, the big difference though is, is that moving from uh, projection CRT monitors, mm-hmm. uh, or TVs, whatever you wanna call them, uh, to direct pixel translation, is what causes a lot mm. of the problems. Whenever you look at, uh, at older video games that are played on newer yes. monitors and stuff, mm-hmm. they look worse than what they did because mm-hmm. they were catered to the technology of projection technology. Right. And now that you have these really high-resolution things that literally just translate pixels to pixels, it just doesn't, it doesn't look as good because you're going to actually see the stepping... Of all of the characters and and, yeah. and everything in there. Yeah. So whenever you have a, a low definition or standard definition mm-hmm. movie like Princess Bride or even like the original Star Wars theatrical releases, mm-hmm. there is a very like it looks way worse on a an LED or an LCD screen than if you just actually had an old CRT TV on your, on your and in your home for some reason and you watched it on that.
0: Right. So i just like to say that I started out with my guess of what interlacing was by saying, well, it's the way that it's scanned. He goes, no, you're wrong. And then he started his definition of, well, it's the way that it's scanned. <laughs> no, 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 it's the way <laughs> that it projects it. <laughs> but that's, that's what it's doing is it's scanning it onto the projection, right? Because um... it's tracking it's tracking each line. Padden tree strikes again. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah, basically the, the general idea here, and a highlight, something good. The costuming, they put a lot of budget oh, in really costuming, good. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sinise costume was great. It's very detailed. Very Sicilian. Yeah, you, well, I guess. I'm going to assume so. <laughs> Or at least so. their interpretation <laughs> of what Sicily is. Uh, you know, you go to uh, Buttercup in her, you know, wedding finery, mm-hmm. or uh, I don't know if he was ever really given a name, the Prince of Gilder. <laughs>
2: uh, I think it's Lauren. Yes. Yes. Flor- Flor- no. 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 The Prince of Florin. 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 Sorry. Prince Gilder, of Florin. Gilder, Gilder. Gilder. is, is the, opposing the opposing land. The opposing land. Yes, yes. Yes.
0: yes. The Prince of Florin.
2: Was he ever given a name? Uh, yes. uh, Prince Humperdinck. Humperdinck. He was yeah, given yeah. a name. It's yeah. Humperdinck. 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 Ah, I'll say his name. <laughs> Humperdinck.
0: It's, it's so quotable. <laughs> uh, but I think there was a lot of effort done there. I mean, going to the sword fights. You know, there's there's definitely a lot of flourishes in there that aren't necessarily good. Uh,
1: yeah, for, for like technical sword fighting. And yeah,
0: well, I mean, they're just, they're part of the storytelling and less of an actual sword fight, right? Yeah. Uh, But I, I, I y'all give them props, right? Because this is a, this is a thing that we've made fun of with a lot of other movies and the like, both on air and off air. Uh, When Inigo gets stabbed, he bleeds.
2: Yeah. He bleeds yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's not necessarily just like, oh, it's gushing blood. Like you're like obviously blood, but like his, you know, his, he gets stabbed in the shoulder his arm his sleeve is soaked. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah, that's, that's, that's what, what happened. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> so props there.
1: Yeah, it, it actually does feel like a a a, a closer to realistic portrayal of, of actually like getting stabbed like somewhere. And it, and
2: it's easier to do with the weapons that they chose for this production because it's all like fencing yeah. weapons as opposed to broadswords. These are not these are these are small little, little, little stabbing needles. implements, not <laughs> hacking implements. So uh, you That's can get away how... with
1: it's fine <laughs> fun, Ste- fun. steven our our, our okay. um our okay. resident weapons so, so, expert. so
0: fun fact like a, a rapier and a and a quote-unquote browser like a hand yeah. and a half sword they weigh the exact same okay they they actually have like the same so like when people talk about like the same like thing the, well like the same like like hacking and slashing you can do it with a rapier all day okay <laughs> it is they don't necessarily fight that way like what, what he gets he's not getting you know His arm slashed off. Mm -hmm. Your arm's off. Uh, He is getting stabbed. (laughs) But yeah, it's anyways. Moving on. Moving on. On to the performance. So I let Andrew go first on Spectacle. I'm going to let Joel go first here.
2: Well, I gave performance a seven. Oh, Oh, interesting. Wow. Uh, I I actually was not expecting that. So so generally speaking, this film is buoyed up by an absolutely phenomenal um, cast of supporting characters. Yeah, the the, yes.
1: the um uh Carrie Ellis. C- yeah, Carrie Ellis. He does a decent job, Fine. but he he's not he is not the main. Yeah, Car- Carrie
0: Ellis and Robin Wright are the... your two love interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: Humberdink's not a love interest, but I didn't wasn't talking about him.
2: <laughs> well, I'm I'm talking about people like Billy Crystal and Carol Kane, who play Miracle Max and and his wife, right? The like witch? A, that whole scene is like those two just taking the movie and saying, no, this is mine.
0: (laughs) This this scene, it's mine. I own it now. Um,
2: um, Wallace Sean, who played Vicini, does the exact same thing for like the first third of the film. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, out of, but like the main characters are, do not have nearly as much personality. And um, with the, with the, the main exception of, Uh, Mandy uh, Paddington's Inigo Montoya. Right, Uh, he he is in in my view certainly the best portrayed out of the the primary characters. Yeah, uh,
1: you know because you have um, Andre Andre the Giant, Mm -hmm. which is he he fulfills his role appears
2: as Andre the Giant. Yeah, it's just yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's just who he is. Yeah, Uh,
1: and he does have he basically plays the exact character you would expect him to play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wesley. Uh, or, um, Cary He just does, like, he doesn't have, um, the punch, but also he's, he's a generally a parody actor, like, or a comedy actor. This I mean, is, this is kind of its own version of a parody, really. It is. It's, it, it's kind of one of those films that, like, you go so far that it kind of turns into a parody of itself, mm-hmm. but not in a bad way here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it's still, it's like, it's very entertaining and it's a lot of fun, but it doesn't, um, uh, it doesn't go far enough to take itself too seriously, and it doesn't um, it doesn't stay just in the realm of just, like, pure comedy. Yeah. So, Steven?
0: Uh, so, I'm going to change pace here a little bit from Joel. I gave performance a nine. Okay. Because at the end of the day, the sets they were given were not great, and what they could do to move around with them wasn't particularly wonderful. <laughs> but they were handed a ton of dialogue, and they absolutely sold out on it mm-hmm. and i think that that's part of it it's not just that what was being said was snappy and could be a comeback but also uh the inflections when you hear people quote this they're going to quote it in the way you know. You don't get hello my name is inigo montoya you get hello my name is inigo montoya <laughs> you killed my father prepare to die like yeah. you get you know uh or or you know like you said wall sean right as Vassini? uh and I think even some of the limitations, like you've already said, you know, Andre the Giant appearing as himself, uh, because he at that point in his life was so weak that any scenes where he's holding uh, Buttercup, mm-hmm. she's actually supported by wires. He can't yeah. hold her weight, uh, even though, I mean, he's an absolute giant of a man and, you know, made his basically living off of being the strong man at that point just because of the, the way his body had progressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, they made do with what they had there where he was kind of. The big giant dude, but he was also kind of co- comedy mm-hmm. and not in like a funny, you know, ha ha comedy relief. He's kind of the wise comedy yeah. mm-hmm. where, you know, he, they'd be like, well, the, the quiet observer. Yeah. Well, well, and you do it your way, my way. Okay. I like my way. What's my way. Yeah. When <laughs> you get a rock, you hide behind the boulder. And when he comes up here, you hit him in the back of the head. My way is not very sporting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like stuff like that is just like, oh, nailed it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it, and again, you know, like, uh, Billy Crystal, Carol Kane, just, they take over the whole scene mm-hmm. like that is their five minutes or whatnot on screen. That is, that is just their movie for those five minutes yeah. and, and the other characters just exist within that realm. Uh, there, there's not really a point that I would even say was weak just cause I think they did a good job of, of making use of what they could with under the giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the failings are going to come up a little later in this review from my
1: perspective, at least. Uh, so yeah. Andrew, yeah. Uh, so I also gave it a nine. Okay, that's right. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's my boy. <laughs> yeah. So the the one thing that that really shines, and, and you know, Stephen kind of touched on it, was just the fact that the performance for everyone they really sold out to to make it a fun experience for whatever you know budgetary restrictions that they mm-hmm. had, and it, you can definitely tell that that they. They enjoyed shooting the film, mm-hmm. um, and and all the characters had um, good chemistry together. Yeah, where mm-hmm. like you could definitely tell that um, they enjoyed doing scenes together. Uh, as far as I can tell, you know, like if they if they didn't, then they're very good actors. Mm-hmm. You know, there you go. Yeah. Aha! <laughs> That's oh oh. Yeah, it's funny how <laughs> either that way they out. get a nine. Ah. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, like the only thing actually, I I'm not a big Billy Crystal fan, mm-hmm. so. Whenever he was like, every time that scene happens, I kind of just tune out Mm -hmm. because I'm just, it's just not, I don't like, he has a very grating voice. Okay. Yes. I mean, he does though. And, um, I, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things, I guess. Well, See, so that's where it's
0: nice because it's, it's kind of like the MLT, right? Where the button's so lean, you just get just a little bit of
1: Billy Crystal and they don't have to deal with him anymore. He's not
0: a main <laughs> yeah. character. Mm, it's yeah, so it,
2: perky. It, I love that. It, it,
1: <laughs> if he was a main character, I don't know if I could really enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, I, I think my, my favorite standout character is uh, Vicini. Like he's just. Oh yeah. Just yeah. it's,
2: so, it is, it, it's the saddest part of the movie is the fact that he dies in the first like. 30, thirty minutes, thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. just because he is—he's such a uh, such a force of a character, mm-hmm. and just his quotes are just so funny. Yeah, you know, just like never get into a land war with Asia. Yeah, <laughs> it's just <I> like, <laughs> inconceivable. You keep using this word. I do
0: not think it means what you think it means. And so, what's funny to me is, and just to kind of rotate back uh, with Carrie Elwes's performance, I think maybe some of his limitation there is that ultimately he is the cool character.
2: True, yeah, right? Yeah, he's he, he's, he's the, meant to be. The dread
0: pirate Robert, and he's very much so just the, the calm and collected, you know, you know you get, Inigo gets, you know, oh, well, you know, I hate to kill you. Oh, well, I, it's a shame I have to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: you know? uh, the one thing I will say, I really like that Inigo Montoya is kind of the, um, uh, the, the template that they used in the, the new Mask of Zorro that came out in like 1998. Um, for new
2: almost a quarter of a century old <laughs> I don't say that uh, <laughs> it's
1: so true, but, but yeah like uh, but he was kind of the template that they used for Alejandro uh, Marietta mm-hmm. um, which was basically the the new Zorro in the film um, that that gets trained up but he is essentially a drunk that is base, that is bent on revenge to kill the guy that killed his brother basically mm-hmm. right yeah and um, and it's You know, and that's a pretty common story, but it's, it's almost like exactly beat for beat and kind of the same, the same things where he, you know, he was a, he was a belligerent drunk that was, you know, taught the ways of the sword to help, you know, the CD, you told me to go back
0: to the beginning
1: (laughs) Well, I'm here.
0: This is the beginning. He's just drunk. He's at the beginning. Yep. that's, That's where he is. Yeah. And I also think, you know, uh. Child characters can, or child actors, can be a weakness. And for what little bit you get of him, I think Savage does well. I mean, you know, he's kind of had his own brand past this point.
1: And this is this this is before or after Wonder Years? This is. I think this is before. I think this is either before or at the start
0: of. Yeah. Oh, well, Joel just threw his phone on the ground, so we'll never know. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll find out on that. Lost in a to second. the annals of time. Yeah. But I think he does a good job, and especially. And it's weird to call this a performance, but his interjections while things are happening. Mm-hmm. And then the way uh, Peter Falk is the grandfather kind of be like, oh, well, well, I thought you were worried there. So I thought those were really great moments, not just as a performance, but also just as like the little beat of break of for the audience. Oh, well, this could be tension, but yeah. it's not.
2: Princess Bride was 87 and uh-huh. The Wonder Years was 88. Oh, OK. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. I was like, because he's this is still like
1: because this is definitely obviously before The Wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just some of his other, some of his other roles that I'm, I'm used to seeing him in. So every yeah. time I, I watch Princess Bride, I'm like, oh, yeah,
0: it's him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's Prince Savage. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, go figure. Little yeah. He's little. He's so small.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are moving on to the score mm-hmm. of the score, and I'm going to give it to Steven because he hasn't started yet. Yes, perfect. Uh, so I actually gave the score an eight. Wow. Yeah. That is well, truly impressive. So I'm not,
0: I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I... Came into, re- and I've seen this movie a lot, probably, I'm not willing to say definitely the most of the three of us, but probably, uh, cause I know Andrew hasn't only seen it a few times.
1: Uh, it is definitely not a film that I have actively seeked out and I did yeah. not want, I, the first time I watched it was when I was in college. Yeah. I, I've seen this thing a lot and I came
0: in ready to be like, oh yeah, definitely. This is going to be a point that it falls down on and it's not going to be good. And I was like, wow, this is this is way better than I remembered because I think they did a really good job in a in a admittedly cheesy 80s somewhat parody-esque over-the-top way, but that fits for what you're getting, mm-hmm. of especially handling the moments that go from drama and tension to funny. So you have the moment where they're storming, quote-unquote, storming the castle and Andre the Giant is carrying – or Fezzik, I'm sorry, Fezzik is carrying – uh wesley because he's mostly dead still and uh uh inigo montoya's you know revenge goal is getting away from him so you have this big drama tension of him running and he's screaming for fezzik come help me you know he's behind the door (laughs) yeah and then he he's like fezzik's just like what do i do with the i'm just gonna put him in the suit of armor and the music (laughs) immediately changes to hit on the comedy i was like dang that was actually really good this Mm -hmm. was so much better than i thought it was going to be like I, I legit, I sat down and came in and be like, oh yeah, this is, I'm, um, I know the performance is good. I know the, that this, the set pieces and the, the scenery looks bad. And I was like, but I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure the score was dumb too. And I was like, dang it, this was actually good. So I was honestly completely shocked to be putting up that score. So it's Very interesting. Let's put up a juxtaposition. Andrew, what do you got? <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I want to hear it. Let's let's. I gave swing. it a four. Oh, oh, oh.
2: Um, i knew this was gonna be a big swing
1: so (laughs) i will say that there are a couple moments that that do have or that do have like good um scoring to where you know like they they hit on the right right type Mm -hmm. of emotional you know pangs here and there that was going to be one of my things whenever um montoya's like trying to knock down the door and then you know he puts puts wesley as he hits the door yeah um Which is really good. But unfortunately, there's so many other parts of the film that are either devoid of music or just have like, 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 I swear it's just one person hitting a note on a keyboard for like, (laughs) like, (laughs) at least like two or three minutes. And uh, whenever I go this low on score, that means that it, it actively like took away from a scene for me, mm-hmm. Where like most of the time, like I, am I'm, I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to, to music. I'm like, Oh, well, it didn't do anything for me. And that's probably like a seven mm-hmm. or, or a six at, at the worst. But then like, there's definitely, there were definitely times where I was watching a scene and I was like, there's nothing here mm-hmm. and I'm just watching this and like, there's just nothing. Yeah. And, and that, that's what, that's what really killed a lot of it for me. Okay um and yeah like so whenever there was music it was fine um and there was a couple like like i'll say like a handful of good moments here and there but for the most part it really just actively detracted for me Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, and i I would definitely agree that i don't think there are any like massive
0: amazing like high points on the music Mm because i mean it definitely was not or at least as far as i know it wasn't an orchestra playing this they had you know a couple people
1: yeah, like tops. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> one
0: one or, guy in a or, closet, or one dude working really hard on a keyboard. All right, all right, time to do time to do the bass. All right, all right. yep, that's it. All right, now we need a little drums. All right, all right, now a little, <laughs> little, little, little guitar. All right, nailed it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Joel. Uh, well, I was gonna say that you know I'm I'm in the middle here, but the the low end is so far down that I'm really just up at the top, and I gave it a seven. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, sorry. I, I already gave most of my don't apologize my reasons in the spoiler free section. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the the biggest knock on this was, I mean, there, there's a mixture of some misses on on mm-hmm. moments that that could really use with some dramatic underpinning. Yeah. Uh, but also, just like the style is is really dated. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that, that's the, like whenever I,
1: you know, I said I didn't really know how to review this because yeah. I'm like, this is not a parody. It's also not a comedy. But it's it. But it is. But it kind <laughs> of But it, but it, is. <laughs> but it yeah. knows it's funny. Yeah. 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 Like it's such a weird. Genre of a film mm-hmm. that really is. because like if you're going into like a f- pure parody, like if we went and, you know, reviewed Robin Hood men in tights, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. example, like that, that is that is, an- that an- is the another old, another Carrie Elwes. Yeah. A Fantastic film. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely one of those where like, how do you score the score? Because like you're not really there for it, if that oh. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it
0: for, for something like that, again, yeah. it's it's how do how well do you sell the shift from you know, the high fantasy drama to womp, womp, right? Yeah. So, and that, that for me, again, was where I was so surprised. Like, wow, they, they really like worked hard to, to to handle both sides. Like they, because on some levels, it's really easy to look at this movie and say, oh, well, well, I don't know if they realized that they were making something this funny. And then you
2: hear something like that and like, okay, yeah, no, they knew. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a very weird film. Anyways, continue. Sorry, Joel.
2: Yeah. No. So uh, moving on to plot, um I'm going to go ahead and take this one. Go for it. Sure. Um I gave plot an 8. Wow. Um okay. Honestly, this movie is pretty tight. I I yeah. think it it mostly benefits from the fact that it's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um there there's not a lot of players. There's not a lot of convoluted chicanery. It's just what you clearly cannot choose the cup in front of me. Uh, okay. There are convoluted gags. There we go. Yeah, yeah, but
1: that like, but that's not an actual plot I, I know, point. I yeah. know. Let
2: me make my own gag but, on a gag. But you've got you've got the the warmongering prince who has set up a scenario by which he can blame his enemies for a um, a beloved soon-to-be princess being slain. And mm-hmm. and have a justification in the eyes of his people for going to war. Right. And that is a in and of itself is a very simple scheme. And the things that it, it pulls in don't really add a lot of complexity to that. And so that's it's hard to mess that up. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. So <laughs> <laughs> um the main thing that I would kind of harp on here for plot is um when you transition from the sequence of events that started by the princess being kidnapped by Vicini and co and ends up with, um, Wesley and the princess being retaken by the prince as they exit the fire swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, everything kind of falls apart for all of our characters. And then in order for things to get back together and the third act to happen, uh, Fezzik and Inigo have to find, Wesley, Mm -hmm. and they just hear him screaming because apparently him being tortured makes him able to scream loud enough that the entire land can hear it. One and two, uh, Inigo recognizes that. Oh well, the only person who could be screaming like that is the man in black, so that's where we got to go. And then he he finds the secret entrance. And and actually, I don't hate finding the secret entrance with the sword because it's that level of mysticism surrounding because he's entreating the spirit of his father to. Mm guide the sword, right? So like and and then they play on it later
1: on in the um whenever he's fighting mm um uh the six-fingered
2: man. I don't even know what his name is. Count. Oh no it's it's count count something or other. Anyway, but like that kind of fits the the fantasy world that they've built. That Mm -hmm. that part of it. But getting to that that innocuous point in the forest in the first place is a huge stretch. Uh, But other than that everything's pretty tight.
1: Yeah. So um Uh, I gave plot a seven Mm -hmm. and uh, pretty much for the, for the same kind of uh, things like the, the, the whole, whole plot of the film is actually pretty, pretty tight. Like it's, there's no, there's no really big plot holes beyond the fact that, you know, he's just screaming in the pit of despair and then they can hear him and they can find him. Uh, The only other, the only other problem that I kind of had with it was just, uh, it kind of was the, uh, the, Emperor's New Groove of like, how did we get here? I don't know. By all accounts, you should not be, you know. <laughs> and uh, so the the prince and, um, and the counter, you know, bad guy or whatever, beat them to the other side of the fire swamp mm-hmm. kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, if they could have just gone around, you know, I don't know. Like, it just felt like they were just, they just happened to be there because of, they just need to be recaptured. Well,
2: that one, that one I didn't have a problem with because the the fire swamp was in a valley and because like when they when they enter it, they're like down in between two yeah. two big hills, and so it's it's conceivable that, that they, there's that no, there's no, no, it's inconceivable. It's so, inconceivable. Well, the,
1: the, basically the, they could ride all the way around it because right, it's yeah. not dangerous, and they had to go in because they were trying to avoid them. Right. I, exactly. Like, it's like, one of the things where it's like it's a minor knock, mm-hmm. but it's like it's that's more nitpicky than yeah. than anything. Yeah. Count Rugen. Count, there you go. Count Rugen. Go. Yes.
0: Which he's actually a great bad guy. I mean, he doesn't do anything. Uh, No, but he's. I just stole five, one year. uh, Well, okay, that's that's a pretty good evil. Yeah, it uh, (laughs) it is. That, (laughs) and then also the albino, where he's like, so why are you here? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
2: uh, Well, even that, and just the mystique built up around the character, the six fingered man. Yeah, you know, know, like he's just a dude with six fingers. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, so I am continuing the trend. Mm-hmm. I gave plot a six. Ah, oh wow. Yeah, Downward I, spiral we go. Yeah, came down. Uh, and like, I, I see your points about, you know, it's a fairly tight and, uh, I don't want to call it simple, but basic story structure, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, I've, again, I've watched it a lot and you watch it for, you know, the snappy comebacks, the dialogues and the whole, like, oh, well, I'm marrying the common, the lady from the common folk so then I can pay these mercenaries to kidnap her and, and kill her on the border of my hated enemy so that the, the commoners will rise up and support me in this drive for war. I'm I'm pretty sure I've watched the film, I don't know, like eight times and never caught the fact that it was like a double-double play there, that it was actually... The king try, or the prince trying to pull this off?
2: Really? Yeah. Really? I, like
0: honestly, because just he, that's he not what I was thinking. Supposed, it yeah. Even, like like plain I, know, I know. And
2: like when they have the the wedding, it's just like he's just gonna kill her. Like he'll yeah. he talks, talks yeah. about it. Oh yeah, I know.
0: Just went right past me. Okay. Didn't, all right. Didn't <laughs> I'm actually saying that as a positive because while it is kind of basic, it was like, oh yeah, okay. They they you know they're trying to have some you know, I some, see, some I depth see. here. Uh, I think for me, there's just one. There's there's a little too much happenstance, right? Well, you know, if we had a wheelbarrow, oh, there's one over here. And a holocaust cloak, which one? What is a holocaust cloak? I guess it's like a fire retardant. But whatever. I, uh, yeah, and, I. And I, just I feel like I feel
2: it. like that. That's a piece. It feels like I don't. I haven't read the book, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know. it feels like a piece of world building that you would get or, or where, in the span of reading a novel that you mm-hmm. just don't have time for in, in they, a film. They, just, and, but they, they still need over, Yeah, they jumped over
0: how they got to that point. Yeah. yeah, and you just you know pull it out. So just oh, we have this item. We have this item. Oh, the, we, yeah, we find true. we find the the man in black because the scream can be heard across the entire land because this is a torment. And does it fit? The mystic- yeah, it fits the, the mysticism-esque, but it's also just kind of like, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to let that one slide. There's only one man who could scream like that. Yeah. Right? the man in and, black. And yeah, like you sell out, like the performance sells out for it, right? And you yeah. let it slide, but when you actually kind of look like, yeah, that's that's pretty lucky. <laughs> um, and, you know, the the sword and there, there's just a lot of just stuff like that just kind of for me just kind of adds up mm-hmm. where there wasn't enough going on in the plot to to kind of counteract it. Uh, and, and I think my big knock is kind of the pacing. O- honestly, the movie is very short. It gets like an hour 40. It feels way longer. It feels way longer mm-hmm. than an hour 40. And that's, you know, if you're, in, you're enjoying it and you're along for the ride and you're, you know, you're with friends and y'all are quoting the lines at each other, and so, that's totally fine because that just means you have more enjoyment, right? Uh, when you're just watching it by yourself, there are moments when you're just like, man, get there. Because there are some movies where I've gone, <laughs> like where I've gone back and rewatched movies, you know, for the show, et cetera, and I've been like, "Wow, that happened so fast!" I, I you know, the, the the point that I remember from this movie just immediately hits, whereas this one is just like, "Man, get there!" <laughs> yeah, and so that I it, for me, I was like, "Okay, well, that that's got to count against it
1: somewhere." I think this is this is the place for okay. it. So oh, that's fair. Okay, so we're going to move on to but the entertainment. entertainment that was not planned. But no. it happened. And I neither was it executed. Uh, so, <laughs> hey so no. I'm, I'm probably, I'm, ooh, I almost hit my mic. I did hit my mic. But I'm going to, I'm going to start because I feel that I'm going to start low and we're going to end on a high note. Okay, go for it. Um, and my low is only an eight. Um, yeah, it's not so low. That's, That's no, super it's super <laughs> low, let me tell you. Well, okay. So, you know, like, like we've discussed on the, the podcast in previous episodes, um, my threshold of entertainment to rewatch willfully is an eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is pretty much right this on the line right there. Yeah. And uh, so whenever I watched Princess Bride, like I'd never seen it until basically someone kind of forced me to in college. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one of those films where I don't really get why everyone treats it like it's just kind of like the best film ever created mm-hmm. kind of thing, and maybe it's just the type of people that I'm around. I am around a lot of nerds, and a lot of nerds really like this film yes mm-hmm. and this is definitely one of those where when I watched it, I was like it was fine mm-hmm. and then like question mark and then that was that was kind of it, and I've seen it a couple of times since, and it's still just fine like it's I mean it is definitely an entertaining film, and I enjoy very key moments of the film yeah. where like i love the the you know clearly you cannot choose the cup in front of me mm-hmm. and the sword fight and, and those kind of things but like every other part of the film kind of like well i could probably just go on youtube and watch this
2: little clip mm-hmm. and i'd be more than satisfied yeah yeah well, i'm gonna go ahead and take it next because i can sense where this is going okay and i gave entertainment a nine. Oh, all right and, uh, it's, it's for me, this is something from my childhood that I grew up watching that, you know, the, the, the quippy one-liners and the, the dialogue is just ingrained in me and is, is always there like a trusty, uh, uh quiver full of arrows to just <laughs> shoot off for any situation, right? There is mm-hmm. a, a line from this movie that is applicable to whatever situation you are in. And for that, yes. I cannot give it enough credit. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. I mean,
1: absolutely. And like, it is a infinitely quotable film. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we spotted the trend.
0: Uh, I gave entertainment a 10. <laughs> wow.
1: See, I was right. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah.
0: Well, this is fairly predictable. And I, I, I think it also trends with probably, again, like I said earlier, probably who has watched it the most, which mm-hmm. is probably me. Uh, Cause you know, this was a movie that, I'm pretty sure my sister introduced it to me. It's kind of that older siblings thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And growing up, yeah, I watched a couple of times, but it was not popular, right? You know, it didn't, it was, it was whelming at the box office. It didn't do great. Uh, So then like college hit and suddenly, oh, all my friends know this movie and they quote it and they want to watch it. Like, is this, is this popular? And I, did I like something like on the curve or ahead of the curve? Uh, was or, I the hipster? Yeah, am, yeah was am, I was I ahead of this? Did am I, I eating
2: kale? Am I popular? Yeah, no. Yeah. I like,
0: <laughs> do I do I fit in? Yeah. So this this movie kind of lands in the same realm for me as Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Which also is one of
2: those films that you can probably just watch YouTube clips and get all the good parts out of. Or (laughs) or you just
0: sit with your friends and you all quote the lines of each other because that's all you're going to do when you watch it with each other. And I think that's really where this sells out. Watching it by yourself is just kind of, yeah, it's a film. It's not like the most amazing thing. But... Putting it on with a bunch of people around everyone's gonna throw quotes at each other and there's gonna be all kinds of random hijinks that's gonna happen around the movie really adds to it. I yeah.
1: think well, and it's it's definitely a film that it is more enjoyable with more people. Yes. Uh, and if you are watching it and you just throw you have a bunch of people over and you're just kind of all hanging out and stuff and you throw it on, that's that is totally worth it because it is a an unobjectional, fun film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's, that's why I kind of just put the, the uh, Holy Grail with it mm-hmm. because both movies are objectively stupid. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they, just, the, just, they just are. <laughs> so I would, I would argue though that Monty Python and the Holy Grail is much harder for people to, to palate watching with a group of other people uh, because, because the people that know the film are going to quote it incessantly. Yes. And the people that don't know the film are probably not going to enjoy it. No, and that's that's
2: true. And you're you're probably gonna be pretty lost on your first playthrough too, right? Yeah. Because I say playthrough. Uh your first <laughs> watch through because that one really like even more so than Monty Python's other films, that one presents as a um a flying circus episode that just happens to have a, a through theme. I just keep, <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going. Yeah.
1: It, yeah, it really does. Okay, anyways, moving back to Princess Actually, Bride. Princess Bride. Yeah. Sorry. I diverted us. So
0: I threw another film in there and was, like, ooh, film. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's,
1: it's, it's totally, I mean, it, it is a fun film to watch. Mm-hmm. It is not my choice of, of films. I'm, I'm sorry that, and for those of you who are mad at my, my top five sword fights this week, <laughs> uh, you know, I, like the
2: fight is good. I mean, on the flip side of that, uh, you know, keep an eye on the top fives because there might be omissions that are omitted on purpose and that yeah. might be yeah. a preview Better for a push, what's coming push out down that week.
0: for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I will say people, there are people online who will say, oh, well, that fight is referenced by, you know, people who are teaching fencing and other people come out and be like, no, fencers will say, hey, yeah, this, this tiny 15 second window is good fencing and everything else is stupid. Don't do this. Uh, so, so you're going to have some people who are like, Oh, it's the best sword fight ever. I think ultimately it's not that it is technically the best sword fight. It's just the presentation of it as the chess match of, Oh, well, clearly you're going to use Capella because on well, the rocky terrain. And then I would yeah. defend with a but you would know this. Well, it's,
2: then, it's definitely a good example of using a fight, not just for like, Ooh, ah, spectacle, mm-hmm. but, To characterize the people that are involved and get you involved in their journey as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, that I completely agree on. Mm -hmm. And also the, the connection
0: of those two characters, right? Like, oh, you know, kill me quickly. Oh, I'd sooner break a beautiful stained glass, Mm -hmm. right? It's the, the respect through the fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. So obviously I'm, I'm biased higher and like you're it, making a bunch of apologies over here andrew but you're handed it an eight that's that's pretty no, high I, praise like, from you yeah,
1: no i mean i i still really like the film it's you know it's just not a film that like there are other movies around the same realm of of um uh theme mm-hmm. i guess that, you that would i would that i would it. choose over it yeah mm-hmm. and
0: that's totally fair so. yeah but yeah so great film one of uh nostalgia's greats I -hmm. guess is kind of the way to look at it so you know sometimes though maybe a little rose colored glasses but uh, always funny always entertaining if you haven't seen it you should do yourself a favor get some friends together pop some popcorn and put it on Uh, but on that note I do believe that is all the time we have for this episode so until next time I'm Stephen I'm Andrew and I'm Joel and as always every spoiler was intended thank you for tuning in if you like what you heard, you can support the show for as low as $1 at patreoncom podcast We also have a Discord server and would love to have more people joining in the conversation. Links are in the description below. Thank you.